that's the problem right there. You got your on and off switch, and it was in the off switch. Let's open our Bibles. If you got a Bible, open it. If you don't, there's some free ones in the back and take them home. If you don't even want to do that, it's going to be up on the screen probably. And it's in the bulletin. It's everywhere. It's all around you. I used to say when I was a kid, bringing my Bible to church is like bringing water to a pool. Why would you do it? You know? Why would you do it? Okay, hold on. This is wicked good. Sorry, I got to sit. They tell me not to stand around a lot. It's going to be weird if I start. I don't know. Okay, just pray for me. Okay? I got like eight sermons that could come out at you. Everybody comfortable? Okay. Let's open our Bibles up to Matthew chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men. And learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem. Say, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising. Until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they knelt down and paid him homage. Other translations said, worshipped him. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own kingdom by another road. In our tradition, I say, this is the word of the Lord, and you guys respond. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to God. Keep your Bibles open if you got them. Have you ever seen something so beautiful that you couldn't ignore it? Have you ever seen something so beautiful that you can't, you couldn't ignore it? Turn and just talk to that, to somebody next to you for like a couple seconds. Seen something beautiful, so beautiful you couldn't ignore it. Go.
All right, that's enough. That's enough. You probably have some. You probably have some really good ones. Um, but I got I got a good one too. I got a bunch of good ones. But one of the the first ones that came to my mind was the the first time I, my my wife. Then we I hadn't we hadn't started dating, and we went to see that movie Les Mis. But this isn't the the cheesy singing one. P.S. Musicals are dumb. Okay, <laughs> sorry. That's just a that's a Griffiths thing. I, I, uh, if you want to sing, just sing. I, I don't know. Sound of Music should have been the last musical. Anyway, Les Mis, the first one, the, the one with, Les, with Liam Nielsen as uh, Jean Valjean. And we went as a, it was like a group of us. And we were with the whole, whole apartment complex. Like, it was all these youth leaders. It was crazy. It was awesome. We had like 20 people in this movie theater, and we were just being so rowdy and obnoxious. We're watching this movie, Les Mis. But I honestly, I didn't see the movie. Because Malia was sitting at the end of the row, and through the whole time, I was, I was, she was so beautiful, I couldn't ignore her. She was across the thing, and I was just, I, right, right from the get-go, I'm just, it, everybody sitting in between us probably wants to punch us to this day. But I was like, hey, Malia, have you seen this before? And she's like, no. <laughs> I said, hey, you got any popcorn? No. You know, like, I was just bugging her the whole time. This text is about something so beautiful that no one, no one can ignore it. No one. Matthew sets up his story, and I love Matthew. I've told you this before because I love Matthew. He's a story collector because he was a tax collector, and he turned into a follower of Jesus, and that made him into the story collector. And he makes these stories, and he writes them down. And he, he, his gospel is just story after story after story about how amazing Jesus the Messiah was. So he starts off his gospel, and he goes through the lineage. He goes through where his grandparents came from. And it's, it's back. It's, he, he is king of the Jews. He is son of David, yet David's Lord. And so he sets the stage. And then Jesus is born, and then boom. It says after Jesus is born, that's where we're, we're, you know, we're celebrating after Christmas. That's, that's why we're here. And these wise men, these wise men come, come walking from the east. The wise men come walking from the east. Um, side note, my dad loves this passage. And so I, I grew up with my dad just harping on this passage. The wise men are so unique because they're mentioned here and here only. They're not Jewish. They're not religious. All we know about them is that they're really smart and they've been studying the skies. And something about this star has called them to this place. And theologians, you know, like scholars think they traveled a long way. There's something special in the universe. This is Matthew's point. This is so beautiful. It's, 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 it's diagrammed in the stars. And you don't have to be religious. You don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to be a part of the right crowd. You don't have to be, you know, all follower of God guy or girl. God is so beautiful, he breaks through. 
There's also another thing that's kind of going on. Does anybody know what Jesus talks about more than anything else in this, in this gospel? In all four of the gospels, actually. He talks about something. Does anybody know what it is? Yes. Love is a really good one. No, but that's good. Wrong, but right, you know. It's the kingdom of God. Jesus talks all the time about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is big in Matthew's gospel. The kingdom of God, I want to sum it up. It's, it's not a place, although it is a place. It's a realm. It's a realm that you enter into by making God your king. Uh, let's say, just say, I want to enter into the kingdom of John Carter. I say, hey, John, what are the rules of this kingdom? And what are some rules? Ice cream with every meal. Ice cream with every meal. No no getting up before 10 a.m. I enter into John's kingdom by abiding by his rules and listening to him. You abide into kingdom of God by listening to the words of God through the words of Jesus. You guys follow? Get everybody kind of following that? And then there's a, there's a little, we're going to get heady. We're going to get a little bit heady because I've been sitting around. You know, I'm just, I'm just sitting around. You can't walk when you've got a broken femur. I, I didn't know that. Anyway, so I've been laying around thinking about this stuff. And uh, the kingdom of God is big in Matthew. And so you're coming in this text. Some things are so beautiful you can't ignore them. Jesus is the true king. And he's setting his gospel. And there's this kind of, there's this debate about the kingdom of God. There's some people that say that we participate in bringing about the kingdom of God. And that's what that that song comes from. That build your kingdom here. You know, it's building, we're, we're participating in the building of the kingdom of God. And there's some cool parts of this. N.T. Wright writes a lot about it, and I love his, his take on it. Because his take on it is, if you participate in building your kingdom of God here, you start firing on all cylinders. And what you build lasts for all of eternity in this kingdom of God. You start bringing the kingdom, which is eternal, here by building it and like doing stuff that you were designed to do. You participate in the creative aspect of God, our creator, the Alpha and the Omega, by being many little representations of God as you follow Jesus. Do you know, you you hear what I'm saying? And the person who built this thing, built this this wooden beauty right behind me. When he was describing to me, he said, I felt there was energy coming through me. And there was, it was, there was power coming through me. And I felt like I had been made for this. And the kingdom of God was, was present in my workshop. And I felt like I was in service of the king and building his kingdom. I bet you Kristen probably felt that same exact thing. Because I gave her that 20 bucks. I said, that isn't your 20 bucks. That's actually... Because we were working on that parable of Jesus where the, the landowner gives the, the people the money and they go and they, they, they 
some people like make more and some people bury and hide it. The main point of that whole parable isn't the fact that some people made a lot of money and some people got reprimanded. The main point of that money, uh, that parable, is that it's God's. That's God's kingdom. It's God's money. So I gave it to Kristen. Kristen said, no, this isn't mine. This is God's, our king's. Felt working through him. Boom, boom. Did you feel good, Kristen? Okay, good. I like the smokes. Look how tall that guy is. Okay. And then there's another one. And this one, I, I don't know who these, these, and these people are debating about this stuff, which is crazy, because I think it's both and. But there's, everybody likes to fight about stuff. You know what I mean? So there's another view of the kingdom that says that first view of the kingdom is arrogant. And off point. Because God is king. God already set up his kingdom. To say that you're bringing God's kingdom would be like, I I can't even think of an illustration where it's, let's say, we're kind of at a disadvantage because we don't have kings. But we have, you know, like, if we, it would be like, Back when there were kings, you would go and you would say, I'm setting up my kingdoms, my kings, like territory. If you went and talked to the king, it would be offensive to that king because the king would already say, no, 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 I own that. I'm king. That's stupid of you to say that you're setting up something I already own. And the guy I get this from is Guter. The guy, he, Guter teaches this a lot over at Princeton. Jeff, Jeff learned underneath that guy. But he's real smart. And I, I like the aspect of the humility of this view of the kingdom. The, I'm setting all this up because there's going to be some application. I see some glazed over. You guys don't think I can see you. I don't know what's wrong with you. There's people picking their noses. There's people sleeping. Seriously, I can see you. Okay. It's offensive when I look out and you're like, Ugh. Anyway. Okay, I still, I love you guys. Okay. So, this view, there's, you don't set up, you're not participating in building God's kingdom. You're unveiling it. Bono put it really well. He said, I used to cover, I used to tour the world and pray that God would lead me and change the world through me. That prayer has changed. I now pray that my eyes would be opened to God already at work. Because everywhere I went in the world, I already found him. God's already at work. God's kingdom's already out there. Our job as followers of Jesus is to unveil it and just point it out. And I get a privilege of doing that all the time with youth. Like my illustration with that is I get to point at Haley and just say, man, I see the king working in her life all the time. Tom, I see that guy. I see darkness turning to light in all kinds of his life. I just get the point. And that's, that's that view of the kingdom. That's our job. It's not to build the kingdom. It's actually to just unveil it. It's all around you. There's people serving the King Jesus without their knowledge. And you just tell them, hey, by the way, you just, uh, Jesus just checkmated you. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're, you've been serving him all along. And boom, that, this is his. That's not yours. Um. So let's keep going back in this text. But those are the two views of the kingdom. And we're going to get back into the text and I'll come back to those two views of the kingdom. So he goes to the wise men. The, the wise men first come to King Herod. First, you, first recognition by Matthew is 
some things are so beautiful you can't ignore them. It's in the stars. And then these, these wise men, they go to King Herod. And what's their, what's their view? They're afraid. Why are they afraid? Why is King Herod afraid? Why am I afraid of Jesus being king? It means I'm not. It means Herod's not. We go throughout our lives and we think we're kings of our own universe. We like things the way we like things. If it's dark, we turn the light on. If we're hungry, we go to the fridge. And becoming more and more powerful kings as technology makes us more and more powerful. Jesus showing up shakes us to our core. Shakes King Herod to his core. You are not king. I am not king. Then, then what happens? They ask King Herod, where the heck is he? We've been following the star. This star disappeared. King Herod says, let's ask the scribes and the Pharisees. Let's go ask people that study their Bibles. I think I'm pretty tired of this application, but almost every single time I've preached here, one of my major applications has been read your Bible. Read your Bible. And I want to confess, I'm kind of tired of saying it, and I was assuming you're not reading your Bibles. <laughs> There's some people in here that are reading their Bibles. And I, I actually, it was cool, because on Christmas Eve, I limped around, and, you know, it's kind of a pity party. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so I came over to worship, and I saw a bunch of people that I wouldn't have thought just carrying their Bibles. This is awesome. This is awesome. The kingdom is at work here. The king is moving amongst his people at San Marino Community Church. He's transforming people that were pointed in a different direction, pointed now in people of the word. So I don't want to puff you up too much, but I also want to say, well done. Well done. And so then he keeps cruising. He says, he goes to King Herod, and Herod says, hey, go look, ask what the Bible says. The Bible says, hey, he's going to come, and he's going to come to this place, this little town, barely find it on a map, Bethlehem. The king of the universe is going to be hanging out in the littlest town, Norco. <laughs> that place smells like beef. Anyway. But he's going to be out there. The wise men come. And this is where I love, I love Matthew's storytelling ability. Matthew's also a Jew. And wisdom is a she. And you get this word picture of the woman named Wisdom, the first to show up. 
the first to show up and worship the King Jesus. Not the religious. Not the people that deserve the Messiah. The people that have worked for it. The people that are trying to earn it. The people that have placed themselves at the right place at the right time. No. The first to worship the king are non-Jews from afar. And what's led them there is the woman named Wisdom. Application. Some things are so beautiful you can't ignore them. Jesus is the pinnacle of those things. He he showed up 2,000 years ago, and he's still so magnificent to behold that we can't ignore him. How do we unveil this king, this king of kings, this Lord of lords, to the people around us? Who are you supposed to be pointing out God's working in their lives? Who are you supposed to be looking out for to do that good work that points to the glory of of the king? And if you have that other view of the kingdom, where has God, where has God, you've started to feel yourself firing on all cylinders. You've started to feel yourself just coming alive. Where is that happening in your life? And how can you give God the glory and the honor and the praise? How can you turn that into just an amazing moment into a kingdom of God moment? How can you turn what you normally do into, wow, that that was the king showing up. That's what's special about that. Where are you not naming King Jesus king of your life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for this new year, this new slate. Thank you for loving us as is. Thank you for setting up your kingdom and having us participate in the continual setting up your kingdom. I pray that you would equip us through your Holy Spirit to unveil the kingdom of God all around us working in our friends, working in our family, working in even our enemies. I pray that you continue to show us how we can participate and how we can worship you more by ways that are you, you are working through us and we are stealing your thunder. We are stealing your credit. We are stealing your honor. And I pray that you would steal it back. We pray all this in the name of our King, our Lord. Yeshua Mashiach, the Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one, the holy one. And all God's people said.